The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. I'm Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. We're watching the radar right now. If weather breaks, we break in immediately. You're on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. And I'm Dayton's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. You're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend. There is a season Welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you spending a little time with us, and we hope that you'll tell your friends and family about our show. Our website, Ever Improving, is adding new content and resources daily, and we encourage you to check it out for recent shows, now podcasts, that you may have heard here. It's a great way to share what you learn and think about here with family and friends around the country and around the world. And what's that website, Gloria? The website is thereisaseasonshow.com. Now make sure you remember the show part of that address, thereisaseasonshow.com. You can also send us an email by clicking on the In Touch tab on our site or simply addressing it to Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. And today it's easy to join our conversation by calling our studio directly. That's right, 457-1290 to share your thoughts and experiences, 937-457-1290. So you know how we uh, talk in our tagline for the show, we, we, always, we say, you know, how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another? Or really, it should be how we age and therefore change and care for each other. Yeah, well, whatever. Some habits die hard. Tell me about it. <laughs> so regardless of how you mash it all up, the caring, the changing, the aging, or whatever other combination you might choose, you can say that somewhere in that mix is the heart of our program. It's the questions and challenges raised by going through change and aging, no matter what season you're in. And it's about how the nature of caring also changes, whether that's when you first have babies or raise younger children and then teenagers, or how you care for your spouse and your extended family and your friends. And of course, how we all care for our vintage citizens, those who have gone before us and those who still need our attention, our kindness and our love. And it's that last thing you mentioned, Gloria, that caring that we do for our elders that occupies a fair amount of our time on this program, and with good reason. You know, I was sharing with someone this past week how when you're raising your own kids, your, your children, particularly when they're little, it's difficult not to be possessive, to think of them as your own, you know, mine, my kids. We've all heard the reminder that our children ultimately belong to God and that we're custodians of their time here on earth highly invested custodians, to be sure. And usually we move them along from their dependence and our very private relationship with them upward and outward until they reach self-sufficiency in the public world, where it is our hope they will start the process over again. Yes, I think the idea of them growing up and onward or outward, as you say, makes sense. That's our goal, right? To nurture God's children into maturity and adulthood the next generation of the faithful, our next citizens with new families and friendships and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And they themselves soon the custodians of our culture and our values. Yeah. 
But I also think it's also natural, I think, then, with our elders having lived what we all hope are fruitful, fulfilling lives, to move maybe a little bit kind of in the other direction. They go from very public roles, provider, parents, somebody in a career and so forth, to a gradually quieter, simpler existence. Now, one still, you know, one that still provides for becoming and discovering purpose, that's something we're always arguing for here, that people don't need to put up the white flag just because they're getting into their 70s, 80s, and 90s. There's still life to be lived. But life does change. It does slow down a little bit. Uh, It's a time of life that does include some natural frailty and increased dependence on others. And that does seem the natural order of things. It does. And yet, whether seniors continue to look for growth or meaning or further becoming of their own choosing, I think a lot of us, seniors and adult children alike, continue to act as if things will always go on as they were. Yeah. We know that with age, though, often comes some level of physical and mental decline and perhaps corresponding social and emotional decline. But we rarely prepare for it as well as we could. So how do you know? How do you know what's next for caregiving for you or for a loved one? How do you know when you should start thinking about changes? Changes to caring and caregiving. Changes in family roles and expectations. How do you know? What are the changes that are going to happen in mental and physical areas that Gloria mentioned? The things that you're starting to see become more evident. The changes that might be necessary in a residential environment. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Go figure. You know, usually before any real substantive changes can occur in life, and this applies in many situations, there typically needs to be some degree of openness and a healthy dose of good communication. So what are some tips to create this openness and communication with a loved one regarding the whole topic of senior care or a transition type of conversation? Yeah, we've we've talked about that here uh, a lot of times, and sometimes this, this topic's come up around the holidays, right? Because people don't see each other for maybe weeks, maybe months at a time, and suddenly you get together, not only with parents, um, but also sometimes with siblings. And so people think, well, that's a great time to have a conversation. And we would suggest that's not a great time to have a conversation. It might feel that it's the natural time to start bringing these things up because you notice some changes in mom or dad. But, you know, most of the experts say probably not good to bring it up at the Thanksgiving uh, dinner table. So timing is everything. That's one of the first things to remember when you want to bring up any conversation about change, especially in the area of care. Timing is an important thing. So you want to pick a time where there aren't other distractions, other obligations, maybe even other moods like the holidays, where you can just have a quiet time to maybe introduce some things that you've noticed. So that's an important thing. Right. Another thing would be to share your observations with your loved ones and share your concerns and your feelings. You know, maybe there's some things that you've noticed um, with mom or dad. Um, Maybe they are having a hard time doing things around the house, or you just, you know, notice little things that are different. It can be very hard to have this conversation, but your loved ones do need to know that you care. So sometimes you need to stay persistent, empathetic, and strong as you work with them to find maybe a right solution to some of these things that have changed. Yeah. And, you know, as we often say, 
earlier is better. If you're going to start talking about any kind of a care situation or a care plan, you know, later on, it doesn't hurt to have these conversations 10 years in advance, 15 years in advance. What are some of the things you might want, mom or dad, or mom and dad, tell your adult children, I don't want this or I would prefer this. Get those conversations started early. Also, if you're an adult child and you're in this position, you want to kind of emphasize your role as an advocate. You're not trying to dictate some future to somebody. You want people to know that you are there to fulfill their wishes and that they can depend on you no matter what, that you want to maintain their way of life as much as possible, and you need their help. There's got to be some buy-in and some participation, so it's a, a collaborative effort if you're making any kind of a change in a care situation. Another important thing to remember is to listen to their concerns and their wishes and maybe you know, just their thoughts about the whole idea. Um, you can make a list of the things that maybe they're apprehensive about um, and then work to find an appropriate solution based on their preferences and you as a caregiver, your ideas. And hopefully you come out of the conversation or conversations over time with some kind of a plan. You start jotting things down. I'd even recommend you get a notebook And maybe it's a notebook that you can each put some notes in there from time to time when things occur to you. It might be that a conversation stirs things up and you don't get it out while you're sitting together. But as somebody leaves, then later on you think of something. Write it down. Go ahead and write down whatever your wish might be so that you can start the conversation anew the next time out. So those are just some tips for how to have a conversation. So, of course, we're always going to recommend that you look to maintain and improve communication all through your life with all the many different people in your life. It's essential for dealing with these challenges as they come up. But whether your family communication is top-notch or something else, there are things you need to study and questions you need to ask about your loved one's situation and likely their future situation. Change and aging will continue. How we adapt to change and aging is what really is key here. Yes, it is. And let's get into that. Let's start talking a little bit about uh, what are some of the things that might be indicators? And if, you, you know, a lot of us are, are slow to realize the things that may be changing in our own life because we're creatures of habit, right? They don't start overnight. Uh, sometimes we fall into certain ways over a period of days, weeks, months, years, whatever. But if you're somebody in a position of caring for someone else and your, your care is potentially going to increase for someone else, let's start taking a look at those things that are really important indicators about whether someone's going to need additional help or maybe a transition. What's one that's right off the top that we've talked about before? Well, something that you would need to take note of um, and be around the person, but you need to see if the person is eating healthy, balanced meals regularly. And, you know, check to see if there's fresh, nutritious food in the refrigerator and pantry that is not expired. And the key here is fresh and nutritious Right. Not, not, not all sweets, right? Not all canned <laughs> goods, not all, yeah, frozen foods, but, you know, some nutritious food because that does affect their ability to live independently. Right. So diet is an important thing. It sounds like someone's nagging, you know, if they bring up, oh, are you eating enough or what are you eating and so forth, yeah. or you're always having those sweets and so forth. There's balance in everything, but it is us. fairly common yeah. that a lot of people who are living, uh, especially if they're living alone, don't get enough calories because a lot of people don't want to fuss. They don't want to it's mess with making It's easier to yeah. eat the, the stuff that's not really good for you. Another one here is obviously safety. We've done shows on fire and fall safety, okay? Can the senior that you're talking about get around safely in his or her home? 
Um, are there unexplained bruises or minor injuries that may indicate someone's had a fall or bumped into something or had some other kind of an accident? And they obviously don't want to talk about it because it's threatening to think they would have to leave their domicile. Right. Um, and these next three are um, all kind of in the whole keeping things kind of neat and tidy, including themselves. Are they wearing fresh, clean clothing, uh, you know, when you see them? Uh, are you wondering if they're bathing themselves, grooming adequately? Do they launder their clothes, towels, and linens appropriately? And then you could take a look outside and say, is the yard or house in general as neat and clean as it used to be? Does it appear that there's been some, you know, slacking off due to maybe inability to move around easily? Now, if if you're a person who hasn't been around a parent in a long time, it may be easier to see some of these changes because you're coming back to a scene fresh, right? You haven't seen the person for a while. But if you're in a regular habit of being with people and seeing sometimes some of the, some of these things become imperceptible, they start to change and you get used to them, right? It doesn't hurt to have a fresh set of eyes occasionally come in and say, hey, could you give me your opinion on, yeah. on what you think of this situation? And, and we're going to get into more of these things. We're talking about the things that might be indicators for whether a change a, a change is necessary or due uh, for someone's care plan. And we're going to have more of that when we come back. Plus, any questions you've got to ask today, what are the signs your loved one may need additional care? And is that care best provided in-home, as they say, aging in place, or through assisted living or another environment? We'll get into the nuts and bolts more right after this short time out. You are listening to There is a Season on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. 457-1290 is our number today as we discuss caregiving. What's next and when? Such simple questions, eh? Right? What's next and when do you make these decisions in caregiving? We talked in our opening segment here about having those conversations, and there's a certain time and mood for when you want to be able to broach these topics. And we also started getting into the conversation about what are the signs that it's time that a senior might need a little extra care. We'll talk a little bit here uh, in just a few moments about whether that care should be in home or should be in another environment. But we're going through the list here and talking about meals and nourishment and, you know, cleanliness and clothing and all of that. And and there are other things to consider as well. Yeah, a really big important thing to consider and to really make sure you're looking at is, is if your loved one is remembering to take their medications correctly with the right dosages and at the right time, Warning signs would include hospitalizations, stockpiled or expired medications, those should never be around, uh, especially the expired part, and pill boxes that are not current. So if you're local and you're visiting, if you're noticing days that have passed and the meds are still sitting there, that is a red flag. And let me just throw in here a quick thing. If you're interested in an automated system that's pretty affordable, I can tell you about one. Just write me after the show. Bob and Gloria at there is the season show.com. There are, uh, I call it the flying saucer. It's a great little device for helping with some of that. Another uh, set of things to look for. Are they available? No. Are they able, thinking about your flying saucer, to <laughs> operate household appliances safely? 
Do they remember to turn kitchen appliances off when they are finished cooking? Is the home equipped with safety features such as smoke alarms and or modifications for aging in place such as grab bars and maybe even an emergency response system such as maybe life alert or something mm-hmm. to that to that sense. Um and does your loved one have a plan? Would they know what to do if they needed to summon help in the case of an emergency and would it be available to them? If somebody takes a fall and they don't have a life alert, they may not be able to summon. Right, right. And retrofitting a house to make it safer is not impossible. It's not always the easiest thing to do in, in a house. Some houses are better suited to, to others, but there are ways of going about doing that with things like the grab bars. Uh, Stair lifts. If, if opening up areas that are cluttered, stair lifts, right? All right. that kind of stuff. And we've, we've done other programs on that, and we've got some other tips we can share with you. Again, uh, via email. Here's a key one that we've done a whole show on this several times. If you're still driving, you know, if the person is still driving, are they doing so safely? This could be a, a third rail for some families. but It's usually a touchy subject. Yes. Red flags include an increase in accidents and new dents or scratches on the vehicle. If they're no longer driving, then are there alternate means of transportation? Because maybe somebody has turned over the keys. That doesn't mean they have to always be a shut-in then. Look at the front bumper and the rear bumper. And if there's a bunch of scratches, that usually means they can't gauge. There's the perception of space is starting to fail. They're running into things. Okay, so another area would be the financial area. Are they paying their bills on time? Are they opening and disposing of mail in a timely manner? Look around for the stacks of mail or any unpaid bills or those past due notices. Do they have friends, family, and acquaintances with whom they interact regularly? We'll talk more about the social aspect of things shortly. Uh, Does the senior you care for engage in any hobbies or activities that they enjoy, or has life been kind of boiled down to just the TV? And, and, you know, you have to be careful here because when you look at this person that you love and ask yourself, are they still active and vibrant like they were years ago? Well, they can't be as active and vibrant, probably. But if you see a person that's more limited, who needs added help around the house and help with personal care, that's when it's time to start thinking about something different. Of course, we've got much more ahead for you right after the news, including once you've identified enough reasons to start thinking about changing the level of care for a loved one. Do you choose care in the home or do you explore assisted living or even memory care? Also, as you're thinking about what's needed, be sure you're not forgetting one very important aspect of care. We'll talk about that next. All that plus your calls to 457-1290 when we continue. You're listening to There is a Season on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria Show. This is where your favorite geezer and whippersnapper always hang out here on these Saturday mornings. And it's the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thanks for joining us again today. 937-457-1290 is the number if you have something to share. As we talk about caregiving, what's next and when? Yes, it seems like such an easy topic, does it not? You just bring up all this touchy stuff that could possibly threaten a loved one's independence and dignity and self-regard. You just bring it up. <laughs> hey, the truth is this change in aging and care stuff can be some of the most challenging stuff you'll you'll go through with your family. 
But you've got your favorite geezer and whippersnapper here to help you through it all. These things have to be dealt with sooner or later. Yeah, Bob Bob does house calls. So if you need a backup, he'll, right. he'll be there to yeah. just take that stress right off your shoulders. I'll just come by and just drive around. Just keep going around there with a big sign go. on the car. So where did we leave off, uh, Gloria? Well, we were talking first about how you can begin discussing changes to care with your loved one or even the introduction of care other than a family member as a possibility within your family unit. Also, the signs to look for in making this evaluation, whether there are changes that need to be made. Yes, and and then that took us to a, a common decision point for a lot of people. And let's just say up front, this decision becomes that much harder or easier, depending on how you look at it, if there are financial restraints that preclude any consideration of outside paid assistance or an alternate place to reside, such as a continuing care community. Yes, which is to say simply that if you do not have the means to provide additional care outside of yourself or perhaps friends and volunteers, then your choices do become quite limited, obviously. However, with a little planning, including specifically a consideration of current financial assets and liabilities, you may be able to afford some level of in-home senior care or even assisted living, including maybe memory care if that deems necessary. Yeah, and if and if it is a, a question of financial resource, then a lot of times you'll get to this yourself. As you look through those lists of th- things that we talked about, all the potential needs or the changes that might be going on in someone's uh, care profile or in their behavior, you start to get kind of picky about which things are more important and which things you might have to pay help to make sure take place. So whether that's nutrition at the top of the list or it's help with, you know, uh, toileting issues or it's help with some safety aspect or getting to church, you'll start to have a, a priority pretty darn fast about what you can pay for and what you can't if if means are so limited. So financial, you know, we understand that there is a, uh, a lot of people have some of these restrictions and they have to go through a certain triage in, in planning out their care scenario. But let's say you've got some ability to pay for care and of some kind. What are the pros and cons of each? In-home care versus, say, an actual transition to an assisted living environment. As you take a closer look at what a loved one truly needs, is one better than the other? That depends on the needs at, at, at hand. Senior home care can take a variety of forms, but generally speaking, it's just care provided to a senior in his or her own home. Typically, these services will include assistance with activities of daily living, such as bathing, dressing, toileting, household tasks, such as cooking, cleaning, and even even running errands. Now, many families hire an agency or somebody private, um, such as a caregiver, to the home for several hours each day or a few times a week, depending on the senior's needs. Um, sometimes a live-in caregiver is even another option that some families choose if 24-7, you know, eyes on deck aren't required. I think we have found that in the, historically that in-home care cost per hour is somewhere in the high teens it, to the mid-20s per hour. The average, I think, right now is anywhere between $15 and $25 per hour. Yeah. and that Agency may, or private, it doesn't matter. It, it may matter. be more if you're living, you know, in, the, in a big city or closer to the coast or right. something like that. Uh, and that's why I said, again, you have to be kind of judicious about where you'll apply those funds if you are going outside for some of that help. Yeah. If you just need a little bit of help, sometimes the in-home is cheaper until right. it becomes right. necessary for more care. 
but it actually tips the scale in compared to what we're going to talk about next, which is assisted Right. Now, just living. one more thing in there. If you happen to find someone who can do in-home, round-the-clock like a nanny, like an all-pair, that's a different dynamic. You have to work that out based on you know, the fact that people may be getting some room and board in exchange for living there and helping out. But those are rarer cases. Most people don't have that option, but it is something that some people do explore. Right. So let's say you don't have the hourly uh, solution in mind. You don't have the the live-in person in mind. What exactly is assisted living? Well, assisted living is like senior home care in that it usually covers these activities of daily living, these ADLs you may have heard about. But the senior in this case moves from a family home into a new place, a different residence. The locations may be like a dormitory or private apartments. Some are one or two bedrooms or a studio. They could be in a very large campus that's got other kinds of uh, housing options available. And they cater usually to a fairly wide variety of needs and preferences. Assisted uh, living facilities typically have staff on site round the clock to assist in the event of emergencies and to help keep seniors safe. Most offer meals, either in the room or in a communal dining hall, a nice dining room. I wouldn't even call it a dining hall. A lot of times these are pretty fancy uh, rooms or they look pretty nice. Uh, But the communities tend to offer activities and social events for residents as well as a graduated level of care, right, depending on, you know, what your your senior might need. Right. So... You know, if you're trying to decide which option is right, it's not really that one option is always better than another. Um, It really depends on the situation, and each family will have to consider its options, do its homework, determine what's right. Um, And obviously, both in-home care and assisted living do have their pros and cons. So you have to consider very carefully your loved one's needs and preferences and weigh those against all these financial resources and, more importantly, safety concerns. Right. And uh, here again, there's no one size that fits all. But as you look uh, through some of the safety issues um, and you're weighing staying at home versus going someplace, you have to be fair about this and really look at what's available in both environments. Um, Safety and access to care are, are key things. Is the safety something that's there all the time? Can be guaranteed that you know, it's not to say people don't ever have falls in the assisted living environment, but what is the level of, of safety that is available? Right. So if you're considering at home, you really need to, you know, install some grab bars and safety bars in the shower and actually any potential hazardous location to, you know, prevent falls, railings on the walls or whatever. If someone has steps and they can't walk up steps, a stair lift would become necessary. Now, if there's also cognitive problems such as dementia, Alzheimer's disease, If those are beginning to surface, you also might want to install extra locks or latches that make wandering out of the house and potentially any type of danger in that area more difficult to, you know, have happen. It's pretty common for a lot of people to want to say, I'm going to stay in my home. Yeah. I want to age in place. And a lot of people will say that's the desirable thing. What is those? 89% people want to age in place if they can. But another element here to consider is beyond all of the safety things, the supplemental things you plug in there for nutrition or for help in the bathroom or for making sure someone doesn't fall and so forth, what is the quality of life? We, we sometimes tease or joke or needle a little bit about the amount of television watched by a lot of our vintage citizens. Perfectly understandable. A lot of people at all ages watch yeah. TV. Right. But is the life simply built around three square when you go to the bathroom and what happens to be on the tube or is there more to to life than that? And that is a personal thing 
also because some people are, they'll say they're not lonely. They are perfectly content being alone. They're not social butterflies. So that's something that you have to look at with each person as well. If it's only for socialization, but that person is not social, that's not probably the main reason for moving somewhere. Right, right. We but may that, think they should be more social. Yeah, and, and what socialization can mean can be a lot of things. People uh, might come you know, over to your loved one's home to visit right. regularly. If, and again, this comes to a question of how how often is that, I hate to use the word guaranteed, it's nice to think that if you're stopping in once a week or twice a week that somehow that person's getting enough contact. But a lot of people, a lot of seniors are living alone many, many hours. Yeah. So whether or not they're social butterflies or not, Human touch and human contact is an important thing. Right. So you have to look at if they have friends as well outside right. of, you know, the main caregiver, whether it be family or someone else. So the potential for isolation and loneliness when staying at home is pretty high, um, especially if activities like cooking and shopping and maintaining the home and paying bills and all those are starting to recede. People aren't even doing that activity anymore. The, the world starts to feel very, very drawn in. So when we were talking here about this important aspect of care and we were mentioning diet and we were mentioning fall safety and all that kind of stuff, socialization of some kind, some kind of human touch is an important thing. And that does become usually more reliable or more structured in an assisted living type env environment or in a memory care environment where it is structured to make sure people are getting some kind of contact during the day. Right. That's right. So the, the, as, we, as we go through this list here, remember... When you go out and you start to evaluate things uh, and you're starting to weigh this thing between in-home care and assisted living, I'll tell you one of the questions Gloria and I typically ask if we're ever in this situation. We say, what is your ratio of caregivers to residents in an assisted living? It's a perfectly reasonable question. What does a day look like for someone living here? Because a lot of places may promise you the pretty gables, the nice landscaping, even beautiful apartments. But if indeed one of the things that you're providing there is on-site assisted living with care, it has to come down to the people you have. Right. And, and it will vary depending on your loved one's needs because assisted living is assistance, not full-time care. And so there's different levels of assisted living that you would want to ask what's included in level one, level two, level three, level four. And then, yes, make sure there's enough staff on board to, you know, fulfill all the residents in that area's needs. And in-home care, something else, is we do have a caregiver shortage at this point. And so you would want to make sure what are the backups if, say, your regular caregiver that comes into your home is sick. Is the agency that you have hired going to guarantee that they're going to send somebody no matter what, a replacement? That is something that is critical to ask because you're depending on that person. And uh, one other point before we go to the break here is when you're talking about paying for senior care, we did mention what the, the cost uh, is in the in-home care world. Generally, in assisted living right now, your base cost is going to probably be somewhere in the three to four to $5,000 per month in this region of the country for the basic apartment, for the basic living environment. Just the uh, living environment. Right. Then you're adding care plans to that, which right. can be $1,000, $2,000 more. So again, look at these things carefully. You're going to sit down with somebody who's going to help to do an evaluation, usually a social worker and other members of the staff to help define what is it really going to look like uh, for your loved one to move into that environment? What's the cost going to be? Right. We've got more with uh, for you here ahead after the break. We're happy to share our resources with you. We're also going to talk a little bit about 
the caregiver, him or herself, when we come back, and also a sneak peek at what's ahead on There is a Season. All of that is ahead. Stay close. You're listening to There is a Season on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. Coming up in the next several weeks, we've got some great shows for you here. We're going to be talking about the role of faith in America today. Organized religion. Most organized religions and uh, faiths have been declining over the years. What role does faith play in the American life nowadays? Physical Therapy 101, something we've been talking about getting on here. We're going to be doing that shortly. And also careers later in life. All of that is ahead on your favorite weekly radio show. Now, we were talking a lot today about uh, identifying needs that someone, uh, a senior generally, would have as they're aging and how to notice those things and meet some of those needs. But the other thing to remember here is the caregiver, the person who is providing the care. It could be a spouse, could be an adult child, and they go through certain behavioral things to themselves, certain experiences. And what are some of those things to watch out yeah, for? Yeah, caregivers can experience symptoms like anger, resentment, sleep deprivation, and all of those things become a part of what happens to a caregiver sometimes over time. Um, so it's important to recognize how much you've been giving to your loved one and perhaps tell yourself, hey, I'm not living the life for myself anymore. I'm only living for that person. And obviously there's a balance there right. that we all have to keep in check. And you know, we often wonder, could we be doing more? Should we be doing more? I think that's always there. You know, that, that's always a concern. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's an anxiety that comes with that, mm-hmm. uh, which then sometimes can build, you know, can build some resentment because you're not getting enough time. You're not kind of refilling your own in-house uh, or in-store uh, uh, the things that you need, right. basically, to take care of yourself. And I think an important part is the best way to be there for your loved one is to know that they are in the proper place getting the care that they need. Visit these communities before they become necessary and make sure that your loved one's on board, kind of has a say in it. So start early, that right. whole proactive thing. We did have a resource for you, yes. the checklist here of things to start noticing. What is that? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the article, Signs That It's Time for a Senior to Move, is found at agingcare.com. And there are a ton of links to articles that will help you through that difficult decision. Yes, indeed. Be sure to check out our website and give your feedback about this podcast and other podcasts that are organized by date and into several key categories that we think you'll find very helpful. We'd love to know what you thought. Just hit the In Touch tab and send us a note once in a while about our shows here and let us know if we're doing things the right way. That is it. There is a seasonshow.com. That will do it for us today. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. We're here for each other and we're here for you. For my dear friend and co-host Gloria Shanahan, our producers and everyone who makes the show possible, thank you for your time, attention, and interest to what we do here. We hope to see you again soon. You've been listening to There is a Season on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.